Good morning, and peace be with you. Uh, before Ed comes up to do the announcements, um, one thing I wanted to mention here uh, in regards to um, our music and so forth. This week we do not have a pianist, but next week uh, Nick will be back with us, and the following week Diane Zinn will be with us. So where we're at right now is we have Diane Zinn twice a month and Nick uh, Del Palacio once a month. And so um, today is uh, kind of the holdover for from back in the COVID days when we couldn't have or weren't supposed to have anyone in here. Um, and and so we have our, our music that's been selected by your pastor. And so if it falls short, it's my fault. And I'll be out in front at the end so you can tell me. Um, but it's uh, all music that points us to Jesus. And there will be uh, some familiar sounds today. So I'll leave it at that. And Ed, would you give us our announcements, all the things we need to know? And then some. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, there are some important announcements to make. Uh, first of all, uh, the flowers uh, on the altar today are given by uh, Chao Phan. Uh, there will also be uh, a little breakfast or lunch or whatever you want to call it. I guess it would be more like breakfast. <laughs> Jan didn't have her. She doesn't eat lunch on Sundays, but she's going to double up today. But anyway, we're going to have that, and so please stop by and, 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 and try all the tasty treats that we'll have for you. I also want to let you know that we will be having a Christmas concert. It's in your bulletin with a cookie reception at 2.30. 3.30 will be in the, in the, uh, an organ concert. That's December 10th. Put that on your calendar. It, the month's flying by. Um, the only other thing I'm going to let you know is that uh, the church is going to be closed. The uh, pastor and, and Ashley won't be in around the Thanksgiving week, so make sure that uh, you're aware of that. And uh, if you have some problems, uh, call somebody on the council and we, if we can help you in any way. Uh, also, the other thing that's kind of interesting and surprising to me a little bit, We've always had Advent lunches on Wednesdays, but we've now gone to Tuesdays. That works better, doesn't it? And that's when we'll be doing our Advent devotion led by our pastor, starting November 29th at high noon. Lunch will be provided. I think I've covered the announcements that were pertinent uh, and uh, enjoy the service. Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love! What depths of peace When fears are stilled When striving cease My comforter My all in all Here in the love of Christ I stand 
righteousness Scorned by the ones he came to save Till on that cross as Jesus died The wrath of God was satisfied For every sin on him was laid Here in the death of Christ I live There in the ground His body lay Light of the world by darkness slain Then bursting forth in glorious day Please stand if you're able. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness.
Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Thee is Christ, the Lamb who was slain whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God, Alleluia, sing with all the people of God, and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb, forever. Amen. 
This is the feast of victory for God. For the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, almighty and ever-living God, you have given exceedingly great and precious promises to those who trust in you. Rule and govern our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit that we may live and abide forever in your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Again, good morning and peace be with you. Our first uh, reading is in the book of Malachi, chapter 4. Uh, it's the last book in the Old Testament. It took me a while to figure that out when I was getting prepared here. But Malachi is a word that means my messenger. And he gave us a couple of important messages here. Uh, in the reading, as you'll see, he talks about the end days are coming, and he talks about a prophet named Elijah who will be coming to turn the hearts of the parents to their children. We'll read about that. Malachi 4. Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evil doer will be stubble. And the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its rays, and you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. Then you will trample on the wicked, and they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all Israel. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great day, great and dreadful day of the, of the Lord's coming. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. Join me in your insert where we have Psalm 98 printed in the bulletin. 
Psalm 98 is a call to celebrate with joy and righteous the reign of our Lord from both the beginning and the end. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Out for joy to the Lord, all the earth, burst in jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing. Trumpets and blasts of ram's horn, shouts for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. The rivers clap their hands, the fountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteous and the peoples with equity. The next reading is taken from the second book of Thessalonians, chapter 3, found in your pew Bible on 1844. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are, do, that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from all evil believers who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teachings you receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle, we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They're not busy. 
their busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food, earn the food they eat. And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is from Luke chapter 21, verses 5 through 36. And you have to find it in the Bible yourself. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, as for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name, claiming I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. And then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison. And you will be brought before kings and governors and on all account of me. And so, you will bear testimony to me. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves, for I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed, even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. And everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. 
Stand firm, and you will win life. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the city get out, and let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment in fulfillment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. On earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. And at that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. And even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and anxieties of life, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So we're invited into a scene. The scene is in Jerusalem, and it's packed with pilgrims. There are people from all over the known world that came to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And the city's normal population of about 125,000 had just swollen to almost one million people. The situation was so tight, so close together, that most of the pilgrims 
who came to the temple actually spent their nights camped out on the hills in the countryside around Jerusalem. And then there was the construction that was in and around the temple. The Herod family project to remodel the temple was almost ready to start its 50th year and was scheduled to continue for more than 30 years into the future. And many of the Passover pilgrims were curious to see the new areas of the temple complex that were under construction. And there were many discussions about what had changed since the last time they had made the Passover pilgrimage. And to top it off, there was this popular rabbi named Jesus from Nazareth, in Galilee. And this Jesus, his entry into Jerusalem at the beginning of the week had set off a patriotic display that, that nearly ended up in a riot. And that rabbi then spent his days preaching in the temple, and many people even followed him and his disciples to their campsite on the Mount of Olives during the night. And this is the setting for the events that recounted in today's gospel. And from the parallel accounts in Matthew and Mark, we are able to determine that the events of today's gospel occur late on a Tuesday of Holy Week. And Jesus has finished a day of teaching, and he and his disciples are headed for their campsite on the Mount of Olives. And as they leave the temple area, someone remarked of the beauty of the stones and of the decorations. And they had probably been looking at the new construction and, and imagining the glory of the temple when it would be all finished in about 30 years. And of course, the beauty of the temple was about much, much more than its physical appearance. It was the center of Hebrew culture and faith. The temple was the place where God communicated with his people. He revealed himself to them in his word, and they sacrificed their offerings to him. Now, the pilgrims in Jerusalem for the Passover saw the temple as God's revelation of himself on earth. The temple was where God dwelt with his people. God had a long history of dwelling with his people. In Genesis, we hear Enoch walked with God. We hear in Genesis, Noah walked with God. There are over 13 chapters of Genesis that tell about God's influence in the life of Abraham. And the entire content of four of Moses' five books tell how God brought forth a nation of people from Egypt and dwelt with them. He dwelt with them in fire and cloud and in ark and altar and tabernacle. God said in Exodus 29, 
verses 45 through 46, I will dwell among the people of Israel and will be their God, and they shall know that I am the Lord their God, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. God was with his people, and he blessed them, and they became a great nation. And eventually God's people built a temple. And when Solomon dedicated the temple, it was very obvious that God dwelt with his people. We read in 2 Chronicles 7, 1 through 2, As soon as Solomon finished his prayer, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. And all of this history of God dwelling with his people and much, much more was centered in the temple in Jerusalem. Now, imagine how shocked and dismayed people must have been when they heard Jesus talk about the temple and say, As for these things that you see, the days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Jesus was telling them that the center and foundation of their culture, the center and foundation of their faith, was going to be destroyed. And none of the Gospels tell us what the disciples talked about during the rest of the trip to their camp on the Mount of Olives, or if they just walked in stunned silence. But as soon as they arrive and got settled in their camp, the disciples asked Jesus for more information. So it was that as they sat down on the Mount of Olives and looked across the valley at Jerusalem with the temple, most very likely the temple complex was gleaming in the sun setting. And Jesus warned them that it would all come to an end. And what those disciples and many other people forgot was that the temple sacrifices, the festivals, and other requirements of ceremonial law were only preparation for the day when God would dwell among his people as one of them. The altar, the temple, the incense, the Sabbath, and all the other requirements of the ceremonial law were only shadows, only shadows pointing to the future reality. So, the continuous blood and smoke that came from the sacrifices of sheep and goats and cattle and birds at the altar in Jerusalem were there was only a reminder that the one day, that in one day, Emmanuel, God with us, would come and God would dwell with his people. The hope to come. 
These sacrifices, yes, were offered for the forgiveness of sins. But the fact that they needed to be done daily showed that sin was ever-present and that the sacrifices were never enough. And we read the writer to the Hebrews, he says, and every priest stands daily at his service offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. All these requirements of the ceremonial law were only shadows of the good things to come. And the danger for the people of the first century Palestine is that many thought the shadows were the reality. Many placed their trust for their lives here on earth and forever in eternity. They placed their trust in the ceremonial laws, the laws of the temple. Many thought that they would earn their way into God's heart by keeping the ceremonial laws perfectly. So they went through the motions and they tried to keep the law perfectly and hope that God would show favor to them. They trusted the shadows instead of the reality. So then the reality came. God in flesh the perfect unity of God and man in one person, Jesus Christ. God came to dwell with man as man. The people living in shadow tried to keep the law, but they never could. The reality of God in Jesus Christ kept the law in all perfection. The people living in shadow offered sacrifices from their flocks and from their herds. The reality, the reality offered himself. The people living in shadow offered sacrifices day after day, but it was never enough. The reality offered himself once, and it was enough for all people in all places and all times. Now the writer to the Hebrew says in Hebrews 10, 12 through 14, but when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering... He has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. History tells us that Herod the Great began his temple remodeling project in 20 B.C. and that that work was finished sometime around 64 A.D. That is 84 years from start to finish. Yet only six years later, in 70 A.D., the Roman army laid siege to Jerusalem, and they destroyed it. Today, there is a Muslim shrine there where the temple once stood. And the only trace of the temple is the scattering of stones 
around that temple mount. What shadows take the place of God in our lives today? Martin Luther says in the large catechism, anything on which your heart relies and depends, I say, that is really your God. Do we depend on our own hard work and the payment we receive for it as our reality? Is the accumulation of things our reality? Do we depend on our reputation or our popularity, our standing in the community for our reality? Is pleasure our reality? Upon what does your heart rely and depend? Truth is, every one of us forgets that the things of this world are only shadows of the things to come. Every one of us fears, loves, trusts the created things of this world instead of the God who created them. Yet in the end, the things of this world that seem so solid, so real, will pass away just like the temple in Jerusalem. Fortunately, Jesus Christ still lives. Amen? He who sacrificed himself on the cross for our sins now lives in the hearts of those whom he saves. And since the temple is the place where God dwells, that means that he dwells in the heart of every person he has saved. And every person he has saved is his temple. How do we know that we are God's temples? Well, the Holy Spirit works through the reality of the Word and works faith in the heart. Faith comes through hearing. Through baptism, the reality of the word is combined with the water and the Holy Spirit comes to live in that heart. And that person trusts Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and no longer trusts in shadows of his world for salvation. It is appropriate that as we near the end of the church year that we think about the end of our time on earth. Will our end come on the last day? All the signs that Jesus mentions in today's gospel, they've already happened. We continually read about nation rising against nation and kingdom against kingdom. We've had great earthquakes and great famines and great pestilences. And the terrors and great signs from heaven have already happened. And every time you check the news and hear or read about another disaster or war, it is a reminder that this world is a shadow and that one day the reality of Jesus will come 
On the other hand, our end may come in our own death. Either way, when that end comes, those who trust in the shadows of this world will shriek in terror as the mouth of hell opens to swallow them into an eternity of pain and anguish. And on the other hand, those who trust in the reality of Jesus Christ, they will shout for joy as they enter the blessings of the eternal reality. Revelation 21:14 There we shall dwell forever with God and he will dwell with us as John wrote He continues then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more and I saw the holy city new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. Finally, in Revelation 21, 22 through 23, And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lord, the Lamb. In the name of Jesus, amen. Upward I look and see him there 
your time My sinful soul is counted free For God the just is satisfied To look on Him and pardon me To look on Him and pardon me Behold Him Righteousness, the great unchangeable I am, the King of glory and of grace. One with himself, I cannot die. My soul is purchased by his blood. My life is hid with Christ on night. Christ my Savior and my God With Christ my Savior and my God Before the throne of God above I have a strong Perfect plea, and great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. Will you please stand if you're able? Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for all people in accordance to their needs. O Lord, in these last days, we lift our eyes to your Son, Jesus Christ, from whom our help comes. Turn us from distress and fear of what is coming on our world to stand confidently in the word of Christ, which will never pass away. Lord, in your mercy, Heavenly Father, uphold all ministers of your gospel and those who hear it gladly 
especially all persecuted Christians, cause that word to be honored and so deliver them from wicked and evil men. Give a mouth and wisdom to your people in all adversity to confess you boldly and to endure faithfully to the end. Lord, in your mercy, we worship you, O Lord, for all your loving kindness shown to us in Christ, our Savior. Deliver us from fear as we witness the signs of the times and make sober judgment in the face of so many vexing concerns. Remind us that though the nations rage and the powers press against the church, this is our opportunity to give witness to the word that does not change and the mercy that is our hope in Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, we have this command from your blessed apostles that we are to be busy at work and not walk in idleness. Strengthen us in the Lord Jesus Christ to do good without weariness. Bless the homes and businesses of this congregation and give to our people the fruits of their labors. Grant that in the conduct of our life's work, our hearts may always be directed to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of hosts, we give thanks for those who have served our nation through military service. Help us to honor their service by using our liberty responsibly. Bless our nation and help us to protect and increase the privileges that we have for those who follow us, looking always to you from whom true freedom comes. Lord, in your mercy, merciful Father, straighten and raise the heads of your people to look for the resurrection at the last day and to live and endure in hope since our redemption draws near. Sustain your children in every affliction, especially we lift up Hank, Valerie, Randy, Allison, Chuck, Patrick, Jeanette, Diane, Joe, Valerie, Christina, Neil, Sandy, Mary, Nancy, and Jerry. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, give us repentant hearts that we would eat and drink the blood, the body and the blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins to a, proclaim joyfully his death until he comes in glory. Lord, in your mercy. And as the days pass and all things move to their appointed end, keep us from being complacent. Keep us alert and awake 
so that when the day comes, we may greet the Lord and rejoice in his eternal salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace. Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us a way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread. And he gave thanks. And he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. This is but a foretaste, a foreshadowing of the reality to come, the feast of the Lamb. This is for all who believe. This is for all who confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This works grace. It rescues from sin, death, and the devil. If that is your confession, then come. The table is prepared, and the usher will bring you forward.
I hope you found peace in the message this morning that the Holy Spirit did the gospel unto you, that you received the law and the gospel rightly discerned and proclaimed. It's a hard teaching. But at its very core, the most simplest thing that we can do, and this, this church proclaims Christ and Him crucified for the forgiveness of sins, period. Not Christ plus. May you find comfort in that. If you want to talk to me during the week or after service in regards to this, I'm always willing and loving to, to sit and chat and pray with you all. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. to do.